Praise God. So I'm going to um, speak uh, under the uh, title, The Right Mind. It's uh, The Right Mind, and um, this is not a, um, a political message, even though I'm calling it The Right Mind. This is more about right and wrong, amen? Although some people may think it's synonymous with wrong and left, but I'm just here to say that we are going to be talking about the right mind, amen, when it comes to serving God and, um, and between right and wrong, you know. And in our walk with God, if you don't have the right mind, you have the wrong mind, right? And the Bible, the Word of God is very clear what our thought patterns should be what our attitudes should reflect. You know, and the word says in Romans, Romans 12, we're going to break off from there, and Romans 12 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think we all know this verse. We've heard many preachings from there. Amen. And so the Word of God makes it clear that there must be a transformation inside of us. Amen? Would you agree with that? It says that we, that there needs to, something needs to change. There needs to be a transformation. Not just an outwardly appearance or a forced behavior change. You know, so like, for example, now that I go to church, I can no longer do this. You know, and we see that commonly amongst, you know, new converts or something where, um, you know, they give their life to Christ, they, they start coming to church, and we show them the list, you know, this is what we do and this is what we don't do. Um, so more than just a forced behavior where you're saying, you know what, I can no longer do this, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's much more than that. You know, I, I've I've had the privilege to be in in church since a very young age. And I've known many people in my lifetime that were simply focused on the list of things that they should not do. But the list gets tiring, right? It it could be oppressive even. Um, But there has to be a transformation that comes within. It has to birth from the inside. The thing is, though, that you will never, you will never reach, reach that if you do not understand the key to having your mind transformed. And if we go back to Romans 12, the verse before that, verse 1, it tells us to present, it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, those things which your flesh does not want to do, those things that does not want to do, in other words, you need to dedicate yourself. You need to set yourself apart. And there's going to be things that our flesh does not want to do. Our flesh does not like to pray. Our flesh does not like to get up 
early, you know, does not like to get up at whatever time, four, five, or six, if you're going to pray in the morning. So those are things that you have to sacrifice for. You have to sacrifice yourself for. Those behaviors, those habits, if you can turn them into habits, they start renewing your mind. They start transforming your mind. You don't just say one day, um, I want to be transformed or I consider myself transformed. There has to be a process, right? You have to, you, it's a process. You have to do it via a process, right? And when you set yourself apart from whatever activity, from whatever it is that you do, you still have that time that needs to be filled. When you come to Christ, you may choose to not go out with certain friends um, or watch certain movies, engage in sinful behavior as you once did, but you still have that time to fill. And it needs to be filled with a new process, with something different. And if you go back to Romans 12, verse 1, it says to present yourself as a living sacrifice. You know, as you fill yourself with godly activity, your mind is going to be renewed. You will become spiritually mature. And, and so it's not that, you know, when you, when someone, for example, declares bankruptcy, they don't just come out here and say, I declare bankruptcy. You don't do that, right? There's a process. You have to fill out. You have to go through a, a process that considers you, right, in that, in that status. Same thing here. You don't just say, I am transformed. No, you, ha you have to go through a transformation. That's why it's called a transformation because you go through a process and, and, and this eventually sets you on the right attitude, the right heart, the right mind, which, was, which is what we need to have to serve God productively, to serve God, amen, as the word commands us to. And the world needs Jesus. It's a fact. The world needs Jesus. They may not know it or want it, but they need this word right here. Amen. They need the word of God. And let's look at Mark 5. Mark 5.15. Mark 5.15 says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Here was a man who perhaps through a life of sin, uh, disobedience, he came to be heavily possessed or heavily demon possessed. Amen. And the Bible describes, describes him as having a legion of demons. But after experiencing an encounter with Jesus... His life changed. 
The Bible says that this gathering, this, this man was in his right mind after his encounter with Jesus. Amen. And so that's what this word does. It bridges you. It connects you to the one that can change your life. It connects you. It, it transforms your mind. It renews who you are. It sets you on the right mind. And when you have that right, right mind, you want more of God. You want more of his word. You want more of his presence. You, you, you can't get enough of him. And that's what we see here with this man that was demon-possessed. Verse 18 says, And when he got into the boat, this is Jesus, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. So in other words, after this man was no longer possessed and he was in his right mind, he wanted more of the master. I can't imagine what this picture looked like there where he was a man who just moments earlier was dealing with the, the mire of sin and, and disappointment of this world and life. And now he simply wanted more of Jesus. He was begging the master if he could continue and follow him. And the right mind wants more of Jesus. When you've got the right attitude, the right mindset, the right focus, you want more of God. You want more of your creator. The only one that can carry you through life, that gives you peace, he'll give you solace, he'll give you the rest for, for, for the weary, the troubles of this world. If you can unlock that secret, let me tell you this morning, if you can unlock that, you will never grow tired of living for God. That, that list that you get presented with, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Because when you live for God, when you attach yourself to God, when you experience what your creator wants for you, the list doesn't matter. There is a change within. There is a renewing that comes within that makes you live a different lifestyle, that makes you live a different type of a life. Amen. And that's what connecting, that's what living with the right mind does for us. It changes who you are, changes the way you think, it changes your thought patterns. And so we all need to live with the right mind. We need to have a sound mind just as the word describes us to. The only way you can have that right mind is through the mind of Christ. By feeding your mind with truth. And that truth is his word. Amen. It's not enough to simply dismiss or flush out any negative, negative or deceptive thinking. It's the extent or, you know, uh, if that's the extent of our efforts, we'll always find ourselves going back into the same routine. To truly walk in freedom and begin to think as Christ does, we'll need to counter and replace what this world has placed or deposited into our minds and hearts and with the truth that is found in Scripture. That is the only way that we can do it. We need to 
remove, purge what's in our minds and our hearts with what's in this word. Because this sets us on the right mind. This sets us to the mind of Christ. This Gadarene, this man, he wanted to follow and go with Jesus. But the Lord didn't permit him. Verse 19 says, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. He started sharing. He started talking about his experience, what God had done in his life. Amen. When you have the right mind, when you have the right attitude, you cannot stay silent about what your God is, who he is, and what he has done in your life. That's for a fact. When you have that right mind, you cannot stop sharing who he is. And that's what this man who just moments earlier was living a completely different lifestyle. That's what he started doing. The more you get to know your God, you realize that he is a God of the impossible. How many of you can attest to that? He is a God of the impossible. Amen. The more time you spend with him, you realize that he can do things that nothing or nobody can do in this world or out of this world. That he is a God of miracles. That he is a God of signs. Amen. And he is a God of wonders. That's our God. The more time we spend with him, we realize that. Getting a renewed mind, amen. The more our mind is renewed, the more we believe that. And the more our faith should increase, amen. Nothing compares to him. Would you agree with that? Nothing, nothing compares with, to him. When you're on the right mind, you believe what's in this word amen you believe what jesus said you believe the things that are written in this book verse uh, verse 36 in that same chapter jesus says be not afraid only believe be not afraid only believe that's the hard part believing but when you have the right mind when you have the right attitude, when you're in the right focus, in the right place, you believe your God. You believe the words that he says. You believe, amen, what Jesus says. He says, in my name you will cast out demons. In my name, amen, you will speak with new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How amazing is that? That is the word that our God says to us. You, and and when, when you believe your God, you, you believe this word. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How amazing. Think about those words. Think about that. Shall abide, amen, in the shadow of the Almighty. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. You know what his word also says? Second Timothy says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, amen, but, a, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. It says that you now should have a sound mind. Having a sound mind is having the right mind. Because you've now gone through that transformation in your, in your mind. God has provided you the ability for that sound mind. You to have, I mean, the, the right mind. Don't, don't allow the filth of this world to weaken your faith. Don't, don't, do not allow this world to weaken your faith. Don't let it diminish that attitude, the correct attitude that a sound mind has. Because it's very easy. You can work very, very hard, very, very hard to get close to God. And the world can just bring that down in a moment in a, in a moment we have to be vigilant let's not allow not just the cares of this world but what the world has to offer to us to to break down what we have worked so hard for you separate yourself from the world you set apart to become spiritually mature but the world wants to take you back. Your flesh wants you to go back to who you were. But we're not going to have that, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about Job for a little bit. Job was a man that walked with God. The Bible calls him a just man. He was blameless. He was upright. He, he turned away from evil he feared and honored God. It's a very high compliment, right, in describing who Job was, amen? I don't know if you or I would be described in that same fashion, amen? But the truth is that the word of God describes Job that way. It says that he was a just man, that he was blameless. He honored God. He was upright. He set himself apart from evil. But by Job's own admission, he says this. He says he didn't really know God. He says he didn't really know who God was. There was something missing in his relationship with God that did not allow him to be in the right mind or in the right spiritual connection with God. It's like something was not properly calibrated. But you know what happened? If you look in chapter 42, verse 5, after experiencing who God was, 
after having an experience with God and going through a time or going through a moment where he was now experiencing God in a different way, he says this, I had only heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Job 42.5 says, but now my eyes see you. In other words, now spiritually I can see you. This is after his experience with God. So he was now able to have a right connection. He was able, now able to have that spiritual, that, that right mindset with his God. He now believed who really God was. That it didn't matter anything that had happened previously. He was still, he was now believing in a righteous God, in a God who was able to surpass anything that he had previously or that he had uh, been given previously. But now he says, now I know who my God is. Now I know who he is. He had a spiritual connection with his God. If you do not have the right mind, if you don't have the mind of Christ, you cannot discern the things of the Spirit. You will not be able to elevate to the dimension of the Spirit. You will always be struggling in the same spot because you haven't rid yourself of the worldly buffet that you keep feeding in, into your mind. But we cannot operate like that. We need to increase. We need to increase. The word of God tells us that we need to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. We need to increase until the day is perfect. We won't be perfect beings while we're in this world. We're still attached to this flesh. But we need to increase. We need to grow. We need to be, become spiritually mature. We need to be different men and women. And that only comes through a sound mind. That only comes through the right mind. The enemy doesn't want you to advance. You think the enemy wants you to elevate? No. He doesn't want you to live and walk in the spirit. You'll shatter his plans. You'll take souls away from him. But you and I, we have an obligation to do our job. We have a duty to live for Christ. And that's the only way we're going to have the right mind. The more time you spend with him, the more our mind will change. And we have a responsibility to do this. You cannot stay at ground level. You have to grow. You have to increase. I mean, just go back to the story of the, of the, the gathering man. He wanted more of Jesus. He wanted more of him. He wanted to all of a sudden hang out with him. He wanted to follow him. We talked a few weeks ago about the woman that with the alabaster that washed Jesus' feet from being a, a, a reckless sinner in, in the mire, in, in, in the pit of sin. She now came and wanted more of Christ. 
She had an attitude change. There was a difference in her mind. There was something that changed in her heart. And she just wanted more of the master. She just wanted to worship him. She couldn't stop kissing his feet. She couldn't stop, amen, worshiping him in that moment. That's what a transformed mind does. It wants more of God. It wants more of him. That should be our purpose to, to just want more of him. When you have the right mind, you realize what this word can accomplish. This word is powerful. You know, the, the, it describes it as the, the sword of truth. Amen? That's what it des- it's described as. And, and, and Hebrews tells us that the word, is, the word of God is living and powerful. It's, it's active. Amen. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. In other words, what completes you as a person, your, your uh, body, soul, and spirit. It says, so this pierces even to the division of the soul and spirit, everything that you are, and of the joints and the marrow. That's how deep this word goes. This is, it goes to the deepest part of your nature even, of this flesh. And it says that the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Isn't that amazing? That the more that you get to know this word, the, the more that you put this word into your heart, into your mind, it helps you spiritually discern the things around you it helps you to to see the things that are wrong the things that you should change it it does a, a whole uh, uh it it digs deep into your life it counsels you amen this word is good for counsel this word is good amen uh, uh, to admonish people so that's why we have to strive for the right mind. You have to fill yourself with the things of the Spirit. You need to live in the Spirit. Because God's Word, God's word annihilates the enemy. We need to understand that. It destroys what is fake. It, it expels darkness. You start to resemble Christ. You start to resemble your creator, your God, the one that can do it all. And you start believing him. That is the answer to humanity. It's the answer for people that are sitting in a pew with no sense of direction also. You know, the word says do not conform to this world. Dare to have your mind transformed today. Dare to have it change. Don't think that, oh, I'm going to, don't be scared of what God can do in your life, of what this word can transform you to the person that you can be. Don't be afraid of that. You might have a different responsibility. You might start doing things that are different, things that are new, things that you've never done. You might be taken out of your comfort zone where you've never done certain things. You've never spoken, I don't know, in front of people or something. Do not be afraid of that. 
God has a purpose for you, but he needs you to be on the right mind. He needs you to be, uh, to have the mind of Christ. He needs you to have a sound mind. If you don't do that, if you don't have that, you're not going to be useful. You can still do things, like I said, out of a forced nature, but you're going to get tired. You're going to grow weary. You know, when you work with someone that, I don't know, tells you the wrong thing or makes you mad, you have some problems there, right? Have the right mind. Have the right mind. You know, Paul said, Paul said in, uh, in Romans 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many are familiar with that verse? He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of, of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Why was he not ashamed? Was he just saying, I'm not ashamed? Was he just saying, oh, I'm not embarrassed of that? No. He wasn't ashamed because he knew that that was the answer for people. He knew that that was the key. That was the solution that people needed. He knew that this word changes hearts, that this word changes marriages, that this word changes lives, that it transforms, that it strengthens, that it encourages. That's why he's like, I'm not ashamed of this. I can't put this away. I can't box it in. I have to share it. Because he knew that this is the key. This is the answer to humanity. That that's what it needed. He obtained that through a sound mind. He obtained that through the right mind. Do you think that if he never would have experienced God, if he had never been filled with the Holy Ghost, if he'd never read the scriptures, you think his mind would have been transformed for him to realize that that was what it, what it could do? No, he had to put in the time. He had to read. He had to pray. He had to do things against his will. He had to put his body up as a living sacrifice. So that when he obtained that right mind, it connected. It's like, yeah, this is the answer. This is what you need. That's why I, I can't not share it. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of this. Because this is what people need. So who did not have the right mind? Let's look at some examples. There's a ton but I only got a handful. Cain, from the, the, the beginning of time, who did not have the right mind? Cain, even, even after being given an opportunity by God to change his behavior, he was unwilling to change his attitude. He did not have the right mind. You know, the word tells us how he brought an offering, and it wasn't pleasing to the Lord. But the Lord told him how he could change that, gave him an opportunity, and said, change this. 
but he did not have the right mind. He did not want to change his attitude. He did not want to change his mind. Samson, the book of Judges. Samson completely ignored the purpose for which he had been born. The word says that when the angel announced the birth to his mother, even an angel announced his birth. I don't think an angel has ever announced our birth. It didn't announce my birth for sure. An angel announced his birth to his mother. He was going to be a special child. He was to deliver his people from the Philistines. But he did not have the right mind. How unfortunate. He did not have the right mind. Saul, the first chosen king of Israel by God. To lead the people and distinguish himself from among the rest. He preferred disobedience. Sorcery. He associated with things against the heart of God. He did not have the right mind. He lacked. Ananias and Sapphira. Having deceitfully. Having a deceitful heart, they lied to the Holy Spirit. The arrogance and selfishness in their hearts moved them to lie. They only wanted to appear to what the rest of the church was doing. They only wanted to play the part, not really live for Christ. They did not have the right heart. Don't just make an appearance. Don't just play the part. Be committed to it. Pastor Frank was, talk, was speaking about that. He's saying be committed. Do it. Be committed. Do your job. I can't stress that enough. Serve God with all your heart. Serve him with all your mind. Serve him with all your soul. Have a sound mind. Have the right mind. Simon the magician. That's Acts chapter 8. He thought he could purchase the Holy Spirit. He thought it was a, a magic trick. Something he could entertain people with. He offered the apostles money. And he said, give me that. I want to be able to do that. He did not have the right mind. He thought it was a magic trick. And, you know, Paul cursed him after that. <laughs> he cursed him. He did not have the right mind. There are many examples in the world of people that had the incorrect mindset. They had the incorrect spirit. They had the wrong attitude. They did not have that right mind. Being so close sometimes, even rubbing shoulders with the truth. Yet their flesh did not allow them to overcome. Let that not be us. You are walking so close, so close to the truth, so close to what God has for you, so close. And it would just be uh, 
devastating to fail at the end because you simply just played a part and you didn't commit yourself or your mind. You, didn't, you weren't brave enough to just make a decision and say, from now on, from today forth, I'm going to have the mind of Christ. From today forth, I'm going to strive for that. I may not know everything right now, but the more time I spend with him, that transformation is going to happen. I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to be a new being. I'm going to be a new creation. Do not let this pass you by. I, um, I've been cutting my hair at um, this one barber shop. It's uh, just owned by this one woman, this one lady, and she's the only, the only one there that, that cuts hair. And she's um, been doing it for some time, and uh, I've been trying to get a hold of her for like three weeks already, and can't find her. I send her messages. I call her on the phone. I, she's just not answering. I drive by her business. There's no signs of life. Um, she still has artwork up from like Christmas. So I'm just like, what happened? And um, I started thinking about, I started thinking this week. I was like, how many times have I gone to that business and I've spoken to this woman about the word of God. How many times have I shared Christ to her? How many times have I told her that she needs a life change, that she needs Christ, that she needs to go to church, that she needs to accept Jesus as her Savior? And I was like, I've done that several times. I've been coming to her for years. And right now that I can't find her, I'm just like, is she dead? Is she in a hospital with an intubation, intubated, and she cannot respond? Is she, is she dead or is she perhaps on the verge? Or maybe she's just on vacation. I don't know. But... I started thinking, how unfortunate, how sad. Being so close, being so close, where the answer is being given to her. And she just would say, it's not for me right now. Or, you know, even these words came out of her mouth where it says, I actually think it's a little boring. And so I'm just thinking, how unfortunate, how sad. If she has now gone to the next life. And, and you know what? Let me tell you something. She had very good excuses. She had very, very good excuses. She was associated with, uh, you know, I'm not going to say like a, a, an apostolic church, but she was associated, she had friends, other people that she knew that were Christians, you know, if you could air quotes Christians. Um, and they hurt her. 
they had lifestyles that she would see. She's like, yeah, I don't think that's right. And they damaged her notion of what a child of God should be. They damaged that, that, that uh, uh, opportunity for her. And so she would say, I, I'm not going to go there. You guys do this, 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 and this. All my clients, the, even the people that come here that claim to be Christians, they do these things and these. So she had very good excuses. And one day I told her, I said, you know, your excuses are probably true. I said, but they're not going to qualify you. They're not, gonna, they're not going to bear a purpose when you stand in front of your creator. When you stand in front of your God, all these things that you've seen, all these things that you've experienced, everything that you have seen in your lifetime, it's not going to matter. It's not going to hold up with in front of Christ. And she still said, maybe next time. I don't know where she is right now. I really don't. I may not see her again. I don't know. All I can say is make a decision. Have the right mind. Have the mind of Christ. Work towards that change. Work towards that transformation. Because it is the only way. And having been close to something and not taken it, it's so sad. If, if you own a home or you have fire insurance, right? Required. If you did not have fire insurance, what a blessing would it be if the moment that your house is on fire, somebody comes and says, I'll sell you fire insurance right now. Wouldn't you take that? Wouldn't you take that? That's what the word of God is. When your life is on fire, when your life is being oppressed by sin, when your life is being oppressed by this world, this is the policy that you need. This is the truth that you need. This is what you need to accept in your life. This is what you need to sign off on. This is the dotted line that you need in your life. This is it. This changes your mind. This changes your life. If you're a sinner today, if, you have, if there's something in your life, if you're not walking with God, have the correct attitude today. Have the right heart. Have the right mind. Make a decision to serve God. He is the answer to life. Heed to the calling of him. Hearken to the voice of your creator. Saints sitting in a pew have the right heart. You have a calling to renew your mind. You need to have the mind of Christ. You cannot be mediocre. You cannot allow the devil to continuously drag you down. And to keep you at that ground floor, 
Dare to experience what it's like to walk in the Spirit. Dare to break out of that. Dare to experience your God. Have your mind consistently renewed by the Holy Ghost. And as we saw that previous verse, the words of Jesus, it says, be not afraid, only believe. And we may be here today, but we may not be believers. We need to believe. We need to believe. There's a calling out. There is a calling. Are you going to answer that? Are you going to be committed to that? If we could just be on our feet. We're going to end. I want to open this altar because I know that there are some of us here that need to have the right mind. We've gone far too long without experiencing who our God really is. And we need to have that transformation happen in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. And we, we know this is the only way that it happens. But you need to take the first step. You need to commit yourself. And so I invite you today, you may be a visitor, you may be a first-time person, or you may be here on your 10th or 12th or 25th year. We need to check our mind. We need to check our heart. Let's talk to the Lord and say, God, where am I? Where do I need to be? What is your plan for me? As our worship team takes us on a song, meditation, let's, start, let's, let's talk to our God. Amen. Let's raise our hands. My Father, blessed be your name, Lord. We are here today, my Lord Jesus. There is, my Lord, there is a need amongst your people, my Lord Jesus. There is, my Father, bondage perhaps there is there are my lord chains that need to be broken i pray lord that today be the day my lord jesus that those fetters fall down my lord that through your word through the authority of the word of god through the power of the name of jesus amen all chains be broken today that there may be a mindset committed a mind a heart that is willing that is ready to walk with you to receive you lord to say i will be a different person today starting now i am will be a different person raise your hands and you talk to the lord you have him show you what needs to change in your life.